Are we ready? I guess not. What's up, everybody? You are now tuning in to episode 11 of the Rogue Ones podcast. You know the boys already. It's Josiah, Brandon, and Duke here. We're at it again for another week. This week, we're coming at you with a little bit something different. For all those that's listening on Spotify, just in case, if you haven't heard yet, we might have a little teaser or commercial somewhere in there at some point during the podcast. So if you're listening and you see something, we'll hear something that might throw you off. Don't worry about it. It's there on purpose. We're making moves in the world. So nothing more to be said. Let's get started with the show. Brandon, Josiah, how y'all feeling today? We good, bro. It's always pretty good. I, I didn't have enough you know, wind power to do the normal intro. I may bring it back next week. So yeah. <laughs> It's all good, bro. It's all good. Okay. Well, since we're on the time clock, let's get started with the show today. We're going to do something different. We're going to start off with sports. And with that being said, we got a special guest here today. His name is Taylor Phillips. I'm not going to say too much. I'm going to let him speak about himself for a second. So, Taylor, feel free. Tell us about yourself, what you do, and just give us a speech. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me on. So I work for ESPN Dallas Radio um, up there. Our studio is next to the American Airlines Center where I work kind of doing a bunch of different things with them. I do some hosting there, usually weeknights or on the weekends. And I'll go out and do a lot of reporting as well. So I'll go out to a lot of the Rangers games, Stars games, Maverick games, college football, and some Cowboys in there too. So try to do pretty much everything I can up there. But mostly what I'll do there is hosting on the weeknights, which is a lot of fun. Oh, uh, what's some of your favorite teams, well, you name the teams that you cover, but out of those teams that you name, what are your favorites like to go to, like between Mavericks, Cowboys, and all that? Uh, I'd say the Rangers are my favorite. I'm a big baseball guy, so that was my favorite sport growing up. That's what I played a little bit in high school, and uh, I think the college football games also be up there as well. There's not a whole lot of them. You kind of get the AT&T games just at Auburn, Oregon last weekend. Then you have you know some of the bowl games a little bit later on, Big 12 championship, and also the Dallas Stars games. I'm a huge fan of going to those. They just had a playoff run not too, no, a couple months ago. And Maverick games is kind of hard to not like those when you had the Dirk Fairwell, Dirk, excuse me, the Dirk Farewell tour this last year, Luka Doncic rookie year. It was a lot of fun with Maverick games too. So it, it, it's the good part about living in DFW and covering sports around here. There's just always something going on with every single team, especially the Cowboys. There's always something going on. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Cowboys because we do have to talk about them today. We all know Zeke got signed, finally signed that contract after what months of debates about whether he'll be playing this season oh, or not. God. Yeah, 41 day holdout too, and just every single day it's trying to make that. Yeah, Zeke watch every single day, and it's, it was it was getting to we get to this part of it when you get to the week before game one. That's when it was starting to reach critical mass, and you knew the team. Something was going to get done this week. The way people were reporting it, you just felt like it was if it was going to happen, it was going to happen in these last 48-hour period because now you're getting into the practice time and you really need somebody out there before a game on Sunday. I think they got it right there on the limit that Wednesday. And so now I think what I was hearing was that it was supposed to be 25 to 25 snaps for Ezekiel Elliott on Sunday. Now that he's signed and, yeah, six-year, $90 million contract extension with $50 million guaranteed. So now he's the highest-paid running back, passing Todd Gurley. So his holdout – his whole plan, hardball, his agent, Rocky Arsenault, with Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, it paid off. He got his money. I guess he won. 
Yeah, I'm glad for him. I'm happy that he got it. Do you think that this was the right thing for the Cowboys to do, at least for this much money for a running back? As we know, those positions don't really last long in the league. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's been the real thing with this the whole time is is do you value the running back position the way it used to be? And people like to throw out the stats of when was the last time a running back led a team to a Super Bowl? And people usually like to go to Terrell Davis and the Broncos in the late 90s. And especially when you see all the big money in the league going to quarterbacks. Just saw Jared Goff get a big contract extension yesterday as well. And especially with this team, still has Dak Prescott wanting a new deal, still has Amari Cooper wanting a new deal. Then they just signed Jalen Smith a couple weeks ago, their linebacker and offensive lineman, Lyle Collins. So it was kind of like how much more money when it's a salary cap league. You know the Cowboys have a lot of money, but to go follow the cap rules. And Zeke, yeah, you know, it's hard to – it's hard to say that about running backs on all the other teams, but when it's Ezekiel Elliott, he's done what he's done since he came into the league in 2016, where he's constantly at the top of the rushing charts. What he does for that team, it's a totally different look when Ezekiel Elliott's out there on the field. It makes Dak Prescott look better. You have one of the best offensive lines in football. It's kind of hard to not justify one to bring him back and locking him up. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of the off-the-field issues get brought up about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I'm sure that's something they talked about with the team during these negotiations, but, hey, he got his money. He got the highest paid you can get out of all this, especially with the guarantee being a big part of it. So now you have the two years still left on his rookie deal, plus this extension. It's, it's what Cowboy fans were wanting to hear for sure. They kept their guy, and now they are supposed to have him at least for a little bit on week one against the Giants here at AT&T Stadium. So it's going to be it's going to be now now this team that's supposed to be poised to make a Super Bowl run after losing to the Rams in the playoffs last year. They needed Ezekiel Elliott for that playoff run, and now they, now they got their man back. I'm glad that you mentioned – all the pieces that they got now and, and how they're going to make this playoff run. Because the question I've always had for the Cowboys is we've always seen they've always kept a quarterback, they've always kept a running back, and they've always kept a receiver. And now you see this team where they have a defense, they have Lawrence Taylor, you know, they have Byron Jones and all that. It seems like they have all the pieces there to make it to the top of the mountain. Why do you think all these years they failed? despite all the years having the best old line, maybe the best running backs, some of the top tier receivers, they still fall short. Why is that? Yeah, recent years, probably more of the health of Tony Romo there for a little bit was kind of hurting them in his 2015 years. And then, of course, in the, that 2016 year, Zeke and Dak's rookie year, you had the Dez Cop ball game in Lambeau Field in Green Bay. And then since then, you know, it's, it's kind of like you had the Zeke suspension a couple of years ago. Last year, you had the, the game um, against the Rams for C.J. Anderson, who no one thought was going to have the game he did. You had people talking before that one out. How are they going to stop Todd Gurley? You know, the Cowboys have one of the best rushing defenses against Rams, so one of the better offenses and Todd Gurley and Jared Goff. And then it ended up being C.J. Anderson running all over him. Mm-hmm. So now it turned into last year, you were still wanting to see a, a fully healthy Jalen Smith at linebacker was something that the year before, remember, he comes off a massive knee injury he was in his final game at Notre Dame, and then he's missing a year, then he's kind of fighting back. Then last year he looked to be more of the Jalen Smith they were hoping for when they drafted him in the second round. <laughs> At the time, people thought they were pretty crazy for doing that because they weren't even sure if he was going to play football ever again. So this year now it's a matter of there's kind of hard to find a weak spot to think of. I know they bring back Jason Witten. I don't know how much you get out of him at tight end with his year off, but – Dak Prescott, for what people will say about him, whether they think he's worth the money or not, he's still somebody that helps him win games. Having Ezekiel Elliott there is going to really help that case. 
because I don't think people are too worried about Dak Prescott beating you first day by himself. But when you pair him up with one of the best running backs in the league, it makes it a lot better. And you mentioned Marcus Lawrence he gets his new deal back in the spring. They bring in Robert Quinn on a on a short deal, but he is missing a couple games with the suspension. And then you have Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderish going in his second year. He looked really good. Now, earned his nickname the Wolf Hunter. People were really loving him in Dallas. So that linebacker crew is looking really well. Is looking really good as well. And then you had Byron Jones, who made a Pro Bowl for the first time in his career out there at quarterback. So it's the big thing. I think if they wanted a perfect offseason, they'd probably get Earl Thomas mixed in there too because the safety position can still be a little bit iffy with them. But defensively, it's kind of hard to find many defensive lines that are better than that. Linebacker crew has been solid. The offensive line still intact. Now getting Travis Frederick back after last year, we had his Guillaume Barre syndrome and didn't play. You have him back, still have Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins. And then you're hoping to see a little bit from Connor Williams in his second year, uh, or excuse me, yeah, second year out of Texas. In addition to now you get a full year of Amari Cooper, where last year when he came on that team, it was a lot different. That pit, the passing game was a whole lot more improved, and you brought him in there as opposed to when the year started. And really, Alan Hearns was your number one receiver. And they were trying to make it a Dak friendly offense. and it just wasn't really clicking there after eight games. I believe they were three and five after eight games, and then you, you had the defense doing well. The offense wasn't living up to the standards there, but then when you bring in Amari Cooper, that passing game is so much different. So having all these pieces now for a full year for a team that already has high expectations because what they were able to do last year and the market they're in, they haven't won a Super Bowl since 1995. And we talk about the Cowboys so much, both locally and nationally, got to put up or shut up. And it's kind of feel like this is the year where all those dominoes are starting to really line up for them. Definitely agree with that, uh, Brendan. Josiah, was it something you wanted to add before I finish the conversation? Um, I just kind of wanted to go back to like the introduction part. Like, as far as all the sports that you cover, which one would you say will be the easiest one to cover, and which one would you consider is like more difficult? I'd say the most difficult. See, at the end of the day, for me in radio, a lot of it's just kind of sitting up in the press box, waiting for post game, and then going out, taking my phone out, and just getting the post game interviews down. But I'd say the most chaotic is definitely Cowboys because you can just imagine the, the media scrum for them is insane. Right. I mean, if you ever can, if someone's ever lucky enough to go cover the team, we're able to see it kind of like a, like a shot, I guess, from one of the reporters on Twitter or something like a, like a picture. The scrum that's around Jerry Jones for an owner, not even a player or a coach, just the owner. Right. I mean, it's probably 50 people deep, and it's, it's insane. And then that's usually where I'm like, I'm trying to avoid that because it's, you know, if you've got, let me put it this way, if you have claustrophobic issues, you don't want to get in the scrum for Jerry Jones. <laughs> you right. have shoulder to shoulder, face-to-face, cheek-to-cheek, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, so for Cowboys, and then plus just your locker room, you're going around crazy. There's a lot of TV people. It's it's pretty crazy. I'd say the easiest during the regular season, probably the Dallas Stars, because there's not – hockey doesn't really move the needle as much during football season. Really not – unless they're doing well like it was last year. People really aren't giving much attention to it until maybe April. And that one's usually just a couple players and a coach and not that many media people, maybe a few writers and maybe another radio person. But – Cowboys by far, my goodness, it's just insane how many people were at those games. For sure. Uh, another question I had is about the Jadavion Clowney trade. I was surprised about it myself, and I was just wondering how much like of an impact do you think he's going to be to the which was which was the best one of the best defenses in the world, in my opinion, with the L with the L the Legion of Boom like not being a thing anymore. I feel like that's when they started tearing down. So I was wondering how do you feel about him and his impact to that new defense? See with the Seahawks, the problem is they're in that same division with the Rams. So it's kinda they're gonna need that defense to be firing on all cylinders and yeah, that I think that was kind of more under the radar, the J J Clowney situation there. <laughs> and it seemed like the Texans just had a huge 
a huge transition just in the last week. And I know college football is taking the headlines and everything, but man, you had Jadavion Clowney go to Seattle and then Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills go to Houston. And right. all this, that whole team's kind of shaken up now. And that division's all shaken up with Andrew Luck retiring a couple weekends ago, mm-hmm. where it seemed like the Colts were the favorite there. And now you have Houston and Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. And it, that looks like, to me, it's their division to lose. So, yeah, I think with Seattle, you know, to answer your question, I think they're still. Still second there behind the Rams. I think Russell Wilson, also another quarterback that got paid this offseason. I think they're still probably contending for a wild card spot. And then Jay Gonclowney definitely helps there. Uh, but I still think that's the Rams' division to win. And it's for the Texans, man. It's it, Now that Andrew Luck's out of the equation, now they don't really have any excuses there. The Titans are looking right. weaker. Uh, you got to get it done if you're Houston. I picked them to win their division. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that one's going to work out all right for them. <clears throat> for sure, for sure. Josiah? So my biggest question right now is, like, what is your expectations for the season? We've been talking about, like, the teams are looking better now, teams are looking worse. What is your expectations? Who do you think are, like, the really good playoff teams are making it? Who's your surprise additions? What do you think here? Okay, so I think I'll start there with who I kind of see in the Super Bowl, and this isn't really exactly going out on a limb because it's two of the best offenses, but I think the Rams make it back. I think they left a lot there in that Super Bowl last year against the Patriots. Their offense just was not there, and which was weird because we saw them. I mean, geez, we saw them in that Monday night game against the Chiefs score about a thousand points and put up a million yards. Amazing game! And so it, it seemed, yeah, it was awesome. So I, I feel like the Rams. I wonder how much the league's going to really adjust to them because you know, just like anything in any sport, whenever a coach or a new player kind of comes into the league, it might catch people off guard, and then you have a year to game plan for them. I don't know how. Much. I don't know if they're going to really be able to capitalize on last year. If they can do what they did last year, to some extent, that's going to be a really hard team to beat in the NFC. And then in the AFC, I, Pat Mahomes last year, and, oh boy, those Chiefs. I, I think I think the Chiefs this year, I think this is their year they make a run for the Super Bowl. So I think I'm picking them out in the AFC, um, and then the Rams in the NFC. And then as far as, I don't know if you want to call them really a, a surprise team, um, but in the, in the NFC, Last year we saw the Bears win the AFC North. I think this year the Vikings are going to make a make a bit of a run there. I really like Dalvin Cook there at running back. They had a really good defense. That whole division has really good defense. Even the Lions were pretty well did pretty well defensively. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think the Vikings are a team for me. I'm I'm watching for in the NFC and and I, and I think um, we're going to get some a nice matchup there on Thursday night tomorrow night with the Bears and the Packers because then you're going to see. First year post Mike McCarthy, Matt Lafleur taking over there in Green Bay. How does Aaron Rodgers and the offense respond to that? That's a very down Packers year for their standards, a very down Aaron Rodgers year for his standards. So I'm curious to see how those Packers bounce back. So they could be another kind of surprise team, well, depending on how they bounce back. Do Do you think Aaron Rodgers got that bounce back in them this year with this new offense? Uh, I think I, if they do it the way I hope they do it, let Aaron Rodgers kind of do what Aaron Rodgers wants. And I don't mean don't don't coach him. Obviously, I'm not telling the coach to just hand it over and say, "Here, Aaron, take over." Right. But if but if Aaron Rodgers can go back to being way, if he can play do the play calling the way he wants to do it, as far as pulling oddballs and, and just letting the game plan kind of play itself out, and I guess the lack of a better word is just let him be himself. Mm-hmm. And I think if the Packers can get back to that and let him go back to the gunslinging type thing, I wonder. I wonder how, how else the rest of the offense weapon-wise matches up for him because you have Devontae Adams, and then after that it gets kind of iffy. He doesn't exactly have the, the Donald Driver, Greg Jennings Packers of old, like six or seven years ago. No. So I'm kind of curious to see how the rest of the pieces around him work out. But 
I just think it just can't get worse from last year for the Packers. So I think having having a bit of a change of scenery coaching wise can help. But as long as they let Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers, I think this team will do all right. Love that answer. Love it. <clears throat> I bet you I have, do. <laughs> I have my mixed feelings about Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, for me, it's I understand he's a great talent. I always will say Aaron Rodgers is probably one of the most talented quarterbacks, if not the most talented quarterback in the league. But I just don't really buy into the whole he hasn't had enough help that some people throw around. I, I don't see it. I'm, I don't understand what people are saying from his defensive standpoint. I could see it in some seasons. But if you go back and read the people he had on his defense, those defenses weren't bad. Maybe, like, things happened. Maybe injuries transpired or just something didn't work about the game plan. But on paper, I feel like he definitely had the people in place to help him win. Yeah, you know, some years they, they were able to get some surprise contributions from some people. I think also they don't have Randall Cobb anymore. He, you know, now he's in Dallas. So there's another receiver that he's familiar with kind of out of the picture there. And, I mean, geez, even running game-wise for most years, they had a receiver back there playing running back, Ty Montgomery. Right. So <laughs> exactly. You really have to worry about a run game there so you can kind of zero in on the passing game a little bit more. I know it's, it's still you want to put up a lot of – you can put whatever defense is against Aaron Rodgers, and most of the time I'm going to still take Aaron Rodgers in that – but having you know having a Devonte Adams be a number one that that's good. I, I just that's that's part of the question marks with this team is how does the, how do those other pieces around him stand out? And you know, most of us don't have to worry question Aaron Rodgers too much. But that's that's definitely and plus their division in general is a little harder path there when, when the Lions where you know defensively are okay. I'm not really worried about them in the, as far as winning a division there. But Packers, Bears, Vikings that's NFC North is pretty. Pretty competitive, pretty competitive this year. So I think the Packers definitely had the work cut out for them. But for me, I think I'm going Vikings, and I think I'm even going to slate the, the Bears just a little bit over the Packers, barely. I think that Packers-Bears is really close there for second. Mm-hmm. I know those sides don't like that. I don't. I'm going to keep that one inside. <laughs> Only just because I believe in Aaron Rodgers this year. I think this is the year he does make that bounce back, has his MVP season, so – Fingers crossed all right. year. It's more fun in the playoffs than Aaron Rodgers is there, for sure. Exactly. Way more fun. So let's hope we see that. <laughs> is there any <laughs> last-minute questions for him before he has to get off it? Uh, no, I don't think I've covered all my yeah, areas. Right, I think I'm good. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for letting me uh, come on the podcast today. Really enjoyed Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks Thank for joining us today. Oh, yeah, we got to kick it back to brand new with the music, so go ahead. Oh, yeah, we're stopping that music. All right. All right, boys. So uh, Taylor Swift dropped her album. Mm. We hearing crickets over here, bro. <laughs> we hearing crickets. <laughs> All right, like I know she had like a single that came out like a few months ago that was popping, mm. but after this, like after this album came out, I wasn't hearing no noise about it. Like I'm sure it's gonna go number one next week. When uh, all the sales come in, but I haven't heard nothing about it. I listened to a few songs off of it. It's like decent, you know. You pick and choose what you want to hear. But I was recently watching the Joe Budden podcast, and he said like as far as cultural. Like, why she has the same pull as Beyonce does on people. So I was just wondering, how do y'all feel about that statement? Like, I definitely see where you're coming from, because, like, it's, like, her, her impact is pretty, like, she's done everything. She, what? Honestly, I, what I, I agree say? with that. I agree what? with that. I'm not going to say that she's a Beyonce-level type artist or even a Beyonce-level type person, but... Right. To the group that she, that her music touches, 
She's yeah. definitely Beyonce tier for them. Yeah, like, for they that group, they will go to war over Taylor Swift. Facts. <laughs> just like just like people will go for war for Beyonce. That beehive ain't nothing to mess with. <laughs> right. See, but I feel like Beyonce is like more of a like a national thing. You know, when you say Beyonce, everybody's down on that train. When you say Taylor Swift, yeah. though, it's just like there's two seats. You see what I mean? Like it's not the exact same <laughs> type of thing. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Compared to Beyonce, it's like two seats. Come on now. It's not a whole train. You're not filling up there's all the seats in there. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Listen. We're just going to put it out there like it is. Beyonce is African American. Taylor Swift is not. So. <gasps> no! <laughs> I didn't know this. <laughs> of course you didn't know, Josiah. <laughs> but tell. I would say, of course, Beyonce is going to be on a more national scale for us because she comes from our culture. Because you know? she, so, <laughs> she is us. So we're going to pay attention to her more. We're going to push her more. And yeah, of course, she did. It, even on the large scale thing, she is on a much bigger national scale than Taylor Swift. But mm-hmm. still, one one of the main reasons why we we hear Beyonce more because she's also attributed to our culture. If Taylor Swift was, I don't know, an African American and made African American type music, I wouldn't say she'd be on a Beyonce level. But the way her influence is, she'd probably be somewhere along the round of a, a Nicki type height. <laughs> right. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Right. Speaking of Taylor Swift, though, did you guys hear about like the? Guy who broke into her house the other day. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, like a hey, guy that? broke into her house and took his shoes off. And like when the police asked him why he did that, he said because it's a polite thing to do. That's how I was raised. But you broke into her house. <laughs> Nobody gonna discuss this. Where was this at? Is this in L.A.? Uh, yeah, whatever her house is at. That's what it happened. There's been some break things happening in L.A. Maybe. I know celebrities' house. I don't even. I don't even That's know if so she lives in L.A. I don't know uh, where she lives. I assume like, it's LA, I though. I thought she still lived where like she started from. I don't remember though. But yeah, so that's that on that. <laughs> yes, we do listen to Taylor Swift, but <laughs> she's not better than Beyonce. Conclusion. <laughs> uh, all right. So we also got the okay Grammy deadlines is coming up. Josiah, I know you're very familiar with this, mm. but so I I'll say like don't be surprised if some surprise albums start dropping just out of nowhere. Like we already heard Pusha T said he was about to drop something soon. He dropped a single with Lauren Hill that was crazy last week and it was produced by Kanye. Yandi is supposedly supposed to come out on the 27th this month. So I don't know, man. We might get some rolls out like some rollout albums that is coming out of nowhere with these deadlines coming up. And, like, we might not hear, like, it's been slow as far as music, and I feel like things won't start picking back up until Thanksgiving, because that's when, like, last year when Meek Mill dropped, uh, and, like, a whole bunch of people dropped. I know 21 Savage and A Boogie dropped last uh, December, so that's when stuff starts picking back up, like, in a few more months. So if any surprise albums that y'all looking forward to, like, let's hear it. I'm going to still say Rihanna, because I'm still waiting. (laughs) I'm going to still say Yanni, because I've been waiting for, like, a year. Yeah, but it's been more than years at this point. It's been almost two. It's been whatever. It's well, you probably right. It, well, nah, because yeah, you right. That whole Drake beef and everything. Started, yeah, that it's both around Yandy came out a little bit over a year. Yeah, it's yeah, been that I've long. Been that. Yeah, yeah. Because he because he dropped uh yay last last the last no, year's June. July. Oh, was yeah. June? Oh yeah, it was June. So, yeah. That was that was mid. I mean. But y'all know, have you heard about the leaks? There's what, been what? so many leaks of Yandi all over the internet. It's crazy. So he restarting oh. the whole thing, and like Kim Kardashian posted a track list 
And it's called like the new album is called uh, Jesus is King or something like that. So it's gonna be like religious based. So I'll, like he's been doing this summer service recently. Oh, I'm like, all right, this. I said that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how I don't I feel know. about religious Kanye. It, something about it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Even like Jesus Walks is one of my favorite songs by him, but that song by itself feels kind of forced. I don't know. Like, I can ride with that one. I can ride with Jesus Walk. I can ride with just about any song on that kind of jump out to because he did have some gospel samples in there. Mm. Yeah. But, but now it just be, it feels cultish. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, those videos that he's been in feel cultish. Yeah, they feel real cultish. <laughs> it's a new type of Kanye. Yeah, I, this man is completely unfamiliar to me, so I don't even watch those Sunday services. Like, don't get me wrong, like, the idea of the old Kanye is long gone from my mind, so I don't expect that to ever come back, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, all hope is lost. I don't care. <laughs> I just want at least, like, I wouldn't even mind Jesus, Kanye. Yeah? <laughs> that kind of started the wave of what music sounds like right now. People were, like, dogging it. Mm-hmm. Use your vote, bro. People suck on uses. Facts. Yeah. We're going to have to talk about some of his best projects on one of these upcoming episodes. We'll get it done. <laughs> that's going to be a long segment. Facts. Just like you got anything that you're looking forward to? I've already said pretty much every week, so I'm pretty sure viewers know by now why I'm looking Oh, Big Sean. Big Sean, I'm sorry. Excuse me. But he's been dropping singles. He's been dropping singles, but you know he's he gearing up. <laughs> right, I just want he the gearing up. Over. I'm getting tired Did you of hear both singles. Did you hear Berserk with him and uh, ASAP Ferg? They performed it on the VMAs. No, I actually have not heard it yet, but I have been getting links to yeah. it, so I actually need to listen to that later today. Got some homework. Yeah, for it was funny because on the VMAs, like the the host was like, "Oh, that's my favorite song from them," and I'm like, "Yo, that was the first time they performed it." <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> yeah. So, but he was a comedian, so I was like, maybe that's just him being funny. But I was like, nah, this is unacceptable. <laughs> Man, really didn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we got other stuff. Uh, the So Much Fun album. I kind of hinted about it last week. Chris, you listen nope. to it yet? Nope. <laughs> you said nope or dope? Nah, dope. Oh, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> we know that you was kind of iffy about Young Thug. <laughs> I was. <laughs> the I Josh was. Episode. And truth be told, I still am because I still don't fully understand the wave. I do like the album, though. It's a bop. I ain't going to fake it. Thanks. My favorite song on there is Mannequin Challenge with Juice World, and I do not like Juice World. I don't. I'm sorry. Like, the song I like, of course, I like Lucid Dreams. I like All Girls Are the Same. I like Lean With Me. But, okay, this man, like, this man ain't it, though. I like, because I like four songs. (laughs) No. You're obviously a man. No. He got two. He got a mixtape and an album. Now, don't get me wrong. His album art was hard. His album art that he had on the last project was tough. The Bible Riddick is hard. I don't care what nobody say. But, nah, no. No. (laughs) I just can't get with him. Like, like, he just overly sad to the point where I'm like, okay, he's dragging it. He's dragging it. He's dragging it now. But when it started off, it was dope. Let's see. Goodbye, Good Riddance had how many tracks? 15. And you like four of the songs on there? Girl, you about, like about 40% of the album. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you like Juice World. Nah. I like, because the whole tape that he dropped with Future, I was like, this ain't it, Chief. Nah, that wasn't. That Fine China <laughs> song is dope, though. I like Fine China. Yeah, that's the only song I got. But... Yeah, moving on to other stuff. All right, we we talked about the hot girl summer. 
we all made our jokes about it. But when you look at it, the girl's been taking over the summer for real. We had Megan Thee Stallion heating up the summer for real, for real, with Fever. We had Lizzo, who has the number one song right now with Truth Hurts. We already know what the CD girls did. <laughs> Missy Elliott just dropped last week. She's refining her her legendary hood. Mm-hmm. And then we had one of the hardest MCs that I've heard like in a while with Rhapsody dropping her project. If y'all don't know who Rhapsody is, get on her. If y'all want some like real sustenance, real like emceeing by a woman, she's hard. Don't like she it's not even she said on the song, she don't even want to be looked at as a female MC. She just wanna be an MC and I, I respect that to the fullest. Like she is tough. So yeah, so Y'all agree that th- this hot girl summer was very productive? Man, listen. Here we go. They won the summer this year, man. They won. <laughs> they won the summer this year. I know the competition going on for a while. We had the league going into the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, truthfully, I don't really know what happened. Like you said, they had Megan, <laughs> they had Megan Thee Stallion. They, uh, uh, what's it, Summer Walker? You forgot about her. Summer Walker. She had had an early bop for the summer. And then Drake uh, Drake hopped on the track. And this is a bop. (laughs) To her, uh, you know, the the artist, her, she dropped last week, too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they they, they going crazy. They going crazy. It's ridiculous. I like it, though. I like what what this is for music. Because, like you said, what what, what Rhapsody said, how she just want to be seen as an MC. And I think this summer pretty much started a wave of women in music. You're going to just see, though, Pretty much just as artists and not categorize them as a you know a female rapper or a female R and B singer and stuff like that. Right. Now, now the only problem is that Hot Girl Summer song. They shouldn't have put Ty Dolla. They shouldn't have put their mistake is putting Ty Dolla song like on there because his man, this man, his voice is just very like Me. dominant. <laughs> so like, I feel like if if we was to pick a if we was to pick one anthem mm. from them. It gotta be either, of course, Cash, you know, by by Meg, mm-hmm. or we gotta go with uh, my type by Sweetie. <laughs> that's my, that's a bop. Hey, you that's have the, my uh, type. The, that's the, my the, type. You hear the Janae Echo remix? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why'd you do that, <laughs> bro? No. Well, something y'all gotta listen to is Tanache's remix of No Guidance. I heard, dope. She snaps. <laughs> she snaps for real. Yeah, but you know. So like I said, expect expect very light stuff going coming on the rest of this uh the rest of this month and probably the next few months until Thanksgiving. That's when music about to start picking back up. And that's what I got with this nonstop STL exclusive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Josiah, what else you got for us? Oh, so let's drop into the popper topics real quick just to dive in. So you guys know what's going on. Popeyes, Chick-fil-A been at it for the last couple weeks. But a new development just happened when a man pulled out a gun out of Popeyes. I think it's kind of getting out of hand at this point. What do y'all think about the situation? Uh, you take it first. You take it first, Chris. <laughs> first off, I want to start off by saying the way people have been acting about this sandwich has gotten out of control. I do also think some people, and I don't mean the people that are actually going out and getting the sandwich, some people is kind of taking this wave too serious, you know, trying to be too woke about it, because mm. I had to dispute my cousin, Trayvon, 
I'm gonna say his name on here because I know I'm allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> and he tried to get on me one day because I knew about the Popeye's chicken sandwich, but I didn't know. Well, I didn't post or wasn't saying anything about the Amazon rainforest being burned down. Mm-hmm. And these are two different situations that are completely uncomparable. And so I brought that to say that it's people out there that just try to be too woke about it. You know what I mean? But oh my God, everyone's lined up to go get a sandwich, but I bet they won't line up to, you know, go vote or something. I'm like, okay, I get what they're saying here, but it's a sandwich that costs $4. Like, people are all, come on now. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think people should take it that deep. Like, it's just a sandwich. Like, it's a common, a common thing. Even if there wasn't an internet, uh, internet hype around it, People will still know about it just because the commonality of a Popeye being right around your your local corner, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, I don't like the extra woke people, but people were doing too much about this sandwich. This sandwich can't be that good. Me person, actually, I don't even know if I like Chick Fil A better because I haven't had the Popeye sandwich, but it can't be better than Chick Fil A. That's the old reliable. It's been the go to since about what? About the beginning, <laughs> right? Ten, fifteen years was now. That's the go-to. That's the standard. So don't disrespect Chick-fil-A just because we got a new sandwich on the block. I ain't having it. So that's my spiel. Hey, man. It's clout chasing season. (laughs) (laughs) People going to take anything that's hot to use that to ride the wave just to get some likes and some shares and more followers. So I'm not surprised by it at all. Um... Picking back onto what Chris was saying. Well, actually, like, I feel like this story about the man pulling a gun out would just be a, a afterthought if the Popeye's craze wasn't happening right now. Like, people still gonna rob Popeye's after this craze is over with. So it's like, what's new? Like, see, don't get me wrong, I don't... the sandwich, because they ran out. Uh, see, but still, like, <laughs> yo, he's riding the wave of the sandwich. <laughs> And, like, kind of what Chris was saying, like, about the wokeness or whatever, like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, the rainforest is an important topic, but just to go beyond the things of saying, like, oh, the the chicken sandwich is the distraction for this, that's kind of crazy. There's always go, there's always stuff going on, so as much bad stuff that we have in the news, somebody gonna find something, like, in another lane for it to call, to call that the distraction, like, we live every day. <laughs> There's gonna be new things every day for, but you just can't automatically pin something as a distraction. But I do, de- I definitely get where they're coming from. But people choose to, like, people choose to what they where they want to turn their att- like their attention to. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can't really be mad at everybody. I feel that every, everybody wants to be mad at somebody today and age. But I learned that the rainforest is where we get forty percent of our oxygen. So. Fun fact. Put it out. <laughs> Put it out. Put it out. <laughs> <laughs> my thing is, my question to the people whose first instinct to always say, oh, you, you're doing something about a chicken sandwich, but you're not doing something about the rainforest. What do you propose we do? You fly there right now, get a bucket of water, put it on the trees. Hey, so, hey, if we, t- hey, we better have a conspiracy theory moment. <laughs> the road was one conspiracy theory moment. Some people saying... They put they they haven't put it out on purpose so they can build more like they can build land. I heard weed farming, but you ain't hear that from me. Wow. Hey, if we if we hear if we hear oxygen gonna be weed now, that's you telling me. Hey man, so we all hey, gonna be man. hot. If no, <laughs> what? 
No, I'm saying they burning it down so they... <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I heard the question wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, but like, if they start speeding up this legalization process, and boom, a random weed farm pops up that's doing numbers, we know where it's coming from. I think, since, since we're giving conspiracy theories, I do think this burning of the rainforest is intentional. I'm, I'm one person that believes this is something that's kind of out of the ordinary. Because how often have we ever heard something about the rainforest, at least from a standpoint of it possibly being destroyed by any natural disaster or anything? Never. I've never heard anything like, oh, the rainforest is in danger. Even global, this brand new fear of global warming now. Right. Maybe species being taken out, but that's yeah. it. Yeah. And like I said, with this brand new fear of global warm global warming out now, no one still said anything about the rainforest. It's always been about the Arctic, you know, the colder areas of the world. Right. So for, for this just to happen out of nowhere, I don't buy the fact that this is just some random wildfire because I know it gets hot there, but can it even get hot enough to just start up a natural fire in the Amazon rainforest? I mean, California, I mean, anything... <clears throat> It's dry out there, though. It's dry in California. I mean, like, in Amazon, though, like, how often does it actually rain there? Do we actually know, though? It's a rainforest, cuz. <laughs> it's just the name. <laughs> that doesn't mean nothing. Greenland's called Greenland, but it's cold. That means nothing. It, even if it's not raining a lot there, it's not dry. Like, yeah, it's not, not a dry area. It's not yeah. a dry heat area. No, I right, it's a lot of like, moisture It does seem everywhere. like it's kind of random. Like, the one day the tree's perfectly fine, and then a bad boom runs past, and this tree is on fire. Like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my home. Like, I don't understand what's happening here. But yeah. It's just some weird things going on. But moving on with some of the questions we still got, let's look at some quick reacts real quick. The Joker movie trailer that came out, part two, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. What do y'all think about this? Y'all gonna see it? Is it going to come up? What's going on? Uh... I'm definitely going to go see it. I haven't watched the trailer yet. I read one thing. Uh, what's the name of the guy who's playing the Joker? The King Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I uh, read a piece from him saying that during you know the filming for the movie that he was actually starting to go like crazy or you know, getting into the role for the Joker. Uh-oh. And <laughs> I, I, call, I call Cap. I call Cap on this one. You sure? <laughs> I think I would call Cap on this. I think there's... I, I definitely believe there's a... A truth to you know taking on a Joker role, and you know you got to get deep in the character. So I do feel like there may be times where artists may, I mean not artists, actors may go through a point where it's like you know they're fighting kind of depression or whatever, just fighting you know keeping the real world and their acting world separate because they're doing that role. But I think ever since we saw what happened with Heath Ledger with his Joker role, and then we do know that him playing Joker is directly linked to the reason why he died. I think that has been the stigma to people playing the Joker now. They want to get into, I don't want to say they want to get into that space, but they kind of do want to get into that space because they want to be remembered as that person, as a Joker, like Heath Ledger is. Like he got so deep into his role that he actually went mad in real life. And right. Apparently that's like a thrill to uh, actors. So I think that's more so the thing when it comes to the Joker now. People are chasing that clout more than anything. I don't think people are actually going crazy. Besides Heath Ledger, I don't think people are actually going crazy reprising the Joker roles. Right. I, f- I definitely feel what you're saying. I definitely feel. Uh, I find it hard to call Cap, but at the same time, I just, you know, I don't know him, so I can't really, you know, jump like that, but I definitely, it's, I definitely appreciate actors that embody 
the character that they're performing. Like I remember when I was watching something like a documentary or something about uh, us that came out. Well, that came out February. Mm-hmm. This year going so. by too fast. This going. Oh my god. So Lupita actually talked in that voice the whole time doing shooting. If y'all saw us, she mm-hmm. talks in this raspy, raspy voice or whatever. So. She continued that the whole time they were filming, which is crazy. So, like, I do believe some actors actually have to embody them to bring the best out of it. But, like, it, it has history of mental, like, deprecation. Like, it's not always good to do that. So, yeah. it's definitely it's definitely kind of divisive. And, like, it's, it's just kind of scary, in my opinion. Yes, um, like, we see, like, Jack Nicholson. You said what? No, I was just saying that's pretty much just the curse of a method actor. But what were you saying about that? Yeah, exactly. Like Jack Nicholson chilling. <laughs> he exactly. played the Joker. Uh, what's his name? Who played the Joker last time? Not not Heath, but the one before after that. Uh, the, one oh, the, the most recent awesome. one. Yeah, him. He, I think he's chilling, but I know he stepped down. So it's like we don't really know why he stepped down, and he hasn't really spoken on the character after that. I, mean, I know they're gonna reboot. They like I know they're gonna reboot the whole franchise or so, to a certain extent, like. Margot Robbie is still going to be Harley Quinn in a new Birds of Prey movie that's coming up next year. But as far as the actual trailer itself, uh, I'm still not really blown away by it from what I've seen. Like, trailers only give away so much as we know, but mm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just taking risks every movie I watch nowadays. Like, I, yeah, literally yesterday I watched um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and I was unimpressed. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and that's, so I, I, I literally said I'm just gonna watch two more movies by the by the end of this year. It's gonna be it and Star Wars. That's it. I don't want to see. I don't really want to see nothing else to 2020. Wow. What, <laughs> what do you think about the people who take on these Joker roles and kind of the ones that point to Heath Ledger as kind of the person they want to pay homage to when they do these roles? Do you think that's kind of the right approach to take to it, or do you think that's kind of uh, you don't think they should do that? Cause like he did take his own life, so I don't think he would wish this role on somebody else if it's gonna take that kind of a toll on you. Right. I think. I feel like. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Oh, okay. Well, I think different people have like you know different mental capacities, really. So it's just kind of like some people can do that and like still be okay with the ramifications. Like Brandon was saying, like they can take on that role to like to be the best character they can be and still be okay, quote unquote. But there is some people that have like weaker, I guess you could say, weaker thoughts in their head. You know. Like, this might actually kill you if you take on this role as this person. Heath Ledger was one of those people. I don't think that anyone who plays Joker is going to end up like Heath Ledger, but I think you should be wary that, hey, if you do take on this type of dark role, like, you should be prepared to, you know, face some type of things that go with it. You calling my boy Heath Ledger weak-minded, Josiah? Well... We can't say that. We can't can't go here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let me go here, Chris. Make me the bad guy. But no, like... He just took it to the extreme, and that's what made that role so iconic. Like, that, for the longest of time, Dark Knight was my favorite movie, and it was solely because of the Joker, or the the duality between the Joker and Christian Bale's Batman. Mm -hmm. But, like, for the longest of time, other than the animated series with Mark Hamill doing, like, the Joker voice or whatever... Like I said before, uh, Jack Nicholson was the GOAT. Nobody nobody thought they was going to surpass him like until Heath Ledger brought what he had to the table. So that's forever. No matter how many more Joker movies, today, they could they do Joker movies forever with live action. I feel like Heath Ledger will always be that staple, no matter if... Because, you know, in this industry, people are going to compare all the time. People, people compare 
you know, Ben Affleck's Batman to Christian Bale to Adam West to George Clooney all the time. Which one is the best? People compare to Peter Parker's with your Tobey Maguire's, your Andrew Garfield's, and of course now your Tom Holland's. And, you know, apparently, like, no matter how bad some of those movies were, Tobey Maguire's is still our Spider-Man. Like, it's, I, honestly, like, no matter how much we try to, no matter how much we actually do like Tom Holland or force to like Tom Holland, like, Tobey Maguire's our Spider-Man. It's just, it is, it is what it is. So, in this industry, competition is always going to breed, like, the next best thing. Right. So I feel like, well, regardless of what an actor should do, he's always going to be compared to, you know, the GOAT. How can you reach that success? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, we're moving right. on to the questions. We have some topics people wanted us to cover today. So the first one, all-time favorite TV slash movie moments. Who wants to start this one off? I think you can start this one off. Yeah. Okay. Well, my all-time uh, favorite TV moment, it might sound a little bit dumb, but it's actually from Spongebob. Yeah. It's the scene where Patrick and Spongebob are trying to help, um, uh, which is first. Who was the villain during that time? I'm trying to remember. Oh, what was that villain name? Yeah. Uh, with the, the, the blue, Man Ray? Man Ray. There we go. Man Ray. Yeah. Oh. When they were trying to help reform Man Ray. And the scene <laughs> is <laughs> when he loses his wallet. And if you guys don't know anything about the scene, you definitely need to look it up on YouTube. It basically goes like something like this. He asks him if this was his license. He goes to say that, yes, this is my license. This is your name, all that stuff. And I found it in the wallet. And then suddenly says, like, hey, well, this is your wallet then, right? And Patrick's like, no, that's not my wallet. But that's definitely like my favorite SpongeBob moment just because like Patrick is the most hilarious person you'll ever meet on SpongeBob or like ever see. Like he literally yeah. makes that show, to be honest. And then I say my favorite um, movie moment. Oh, that's a, that's a harder one, but it has to be the first Avengers. Just seeing like all the superheroes come together on one screen, I guess that was kind of iconic for me. How dare you? <laughs> what you got, though, Chris? What I got? <clears throat> well, my favorite TV moment. I think I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna give this one to all my anime lovers. My favorite TV moment goes to Dragon Ball Z episode. This moment for me is when Vegeta became the GOAT of the show. Is when later on in his life he became a father. Josiah, don't look at me like that. Vegeta the GOAT. That never happened. <laughs> when did he become uh, a GOAT? <laughs> when he was 2 0 against Goku. <clears throat> like, I was, <laughs> like I was saying, if you watch Dragon Ball Z, you know it goes you know, in Saga. So they're in the Boo Saga. Majin Buu has clearly became a threat to the world. Vegeta has turned back to his evil ways, betrayed his family and everything, fought Goku, slept him, handled him, gave him the one-two combo, fighting Buu, and he realizes the only way that he can win this fight and keep his son safe is that he killed himself in the process. So what he do? He got his son out of there. He actually knocked his son out too and his son's homeboy. Got them out of there. It was for the greater good, Josiah. There were 10. <laughs> greater good. Got them up out of there and chose to sacrifice his life for the good of his son by blowing himself up and hoping that Majin Buu would be blown up in the process. It almost worked, but Majin Buu did come back. But in that moment, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen on TV. Vegeta will always be the GOAT, and that's the greatest cinematic moment in anime history. Now, my favorite movie moment, I would have to say is at the end of episode three when we finally see Anakin get into the Dark Vader suit 
and then you remember when the suit rate I mean when the seat raises up and you just see him slowly raises and you just see the smoke, you see the music going in the background, you hear the, the sinister breathing, you hear him ask, you know, where is Padme? Then he's like, Pat I mean Palpatine's like, in your anger, you killed her then basically ready to just throw the temper tantrum with the force. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I love I love that scene. <laughs> Not just because of the visuals of it, but because when I re- went back and read the novel, the novelization of episode three, you go on to see what actually happened. Well, after well, what this movie showed you, and pretty much Vader throws that temper tantrum, whatever, and then he actually goes to force choke Palpatine and actually tries to kill Palpatine in that moment. But that's the moment where Vader realizes that his connection with the force has been kind of like splitted split in a way like he's not the person that he used to be and he's not strong as strong as he was before because of all the mechanical limbs so Palpatine easily you know does away with Vader hits him with a little bit of force lightning and then you know gives some instructions on what to do next and I think if we would have saw that in the movie that probably would have made that scene much more better because we would have seen just the last glimpses of Anakin Skywalker in Vader before he finally you know broke and surrendered fully to the dark side right yeah that's that's dope I ain't know about that. I would mm-hmm. that, that would be crazy. <laughs> on like actual teeth, like that would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, for mine, I'm gonna start like. So my favorite TV moment was actually it's probably Family Guy when uh, Stewie was doing gymnastics. He crashed into the <laughs> he crashed into the, the like I forgot it was like a closet. It was like a it was like an Etta Jerry or whatever. It had glass in it, and then like he turned sideways. <laughs> And all you see is this big hunk of glass sticking out of his forehead. And he's like, don't leave it in there, don't take it out. Don't leave it in there, don't take it out. That part gets me all the time. Like, I kid you not. But, okay, time for the action, the complex part when we get into the movies. Because I, I got, we're going we gonna to take a trip to the 1980s, man. Because y'all know how I love Universal Studios and I love, uh, like, Steven Spielberg is one of my favorite directors of all time, so I gotta either give it to E.T. or I gotta give it to Back to the Future, bro. Because my favorite part of E.T. is, of course, the 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 part where they fly the bikes, man. Like that part is just so dope every time. Even now, like with the the bad like mechanics and the bad special effects, it's still crazy. Like they they take off on the cops. E.T. is real. He, they take off on the cops and like start flying. Like it's crazy every single time. And then as far as Back to the Future, like it is what it is. They have a car that goes back. Like when when Doc says no, when Doc tells Marty what he did, he's like, "You built the time machine out of a DeLorean." Like I say, I say that line with the movie every single time I watch it. So <laughs> those are those two are definitely like my favorite movie moments of all time, and will always be. Mm-hmm. I like those. I think we all had some fair ones. I feel like Josiah could have came up with a better TV moment. <laughs> no, SpongeBob definitely had a great TV moment. If y'all don't know that episode, y'all gotta watch it. But uh, for the last question we got that people wanted us to cover, you're a Power Ranger. What color are you and why? Why do you want to know? I'm a Black Ranger. Power to the people. I'm always for my people. Wow. <laughs> no, that's so, so, you, so, you gonna, so you're gonna criticize the question. And then you go answer <laughs> with that answer. Hey, I ain't gonna lie, I've been waiting for this question my whole life. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> ready. But uh, y'all remember the uh, White Ranger, the Tommy version from Mighty Morphin? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. 
dopest ranger of all time. So if I could become that's the one I'm choosing. If I could uh, become any Power Ranger, it would probably be either him or do you remember the what was he the black and like he was like black and gold. It was Jason, the original Red Ranger, but he had came back and he was like this time he was like the Black Ranger or whatever. Or like the gold. Yeah, yeah I remember that. About, yeah, I remember the one you're talking about. Yeah, I want to be that one too. Those two are the best uh, Ranger costumes. You really yeah. took my answers. Well, okay. get a new one. <laughs> wow. Well, like you got a new answer? <laughs> that's what I'm trying to see. Like Chris, you know, I always wanted to be like the special Ranger, you know, like the one that never appeared at the beginning of the show, but like midway through, they're like, who's he? I would have been that guy. Because that guy's always the best one. Because he can run stuff by himself. He didn't need the rest of the team. It was always just him. So I would either say, like, either the Black Ranger, like Chris was saying, the White Ranger. And I'm pretty sure there was a Green Ranger one time. I don't remember for sure. But I'm pretty sure there was one. It was either, like, a teal suit or green. Yeah. There definitely was one. There was plenty. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I'm saying. Probably started off as the Green Ranger. Yeah, that's what I thought he did. I thought he would. Because I definitely would have been the Green Ranger. Because he was dope. But you'd be wrong. I definitely got to go orange because he was like the special edition ranger. You oh. barely saw him. Facts. I, I haven't seen him. Was <laughs> it over? Dino Thunder or something like that? Oh, it, it, it exists, bro. You got to look it up. It's definitely a thing. Like his costume was dope. He said you barely saw him. Nobody saw him. Of course he is. <laughs> no, it is definitely a thing. Look it up, bro. I promise you. Let me see. Up, oh, yep, SPD. Apparently there was an orange ranger. Yes. And of course, <laughs> and since we're talking about SPD, and the next question, the next question is, which are our favorite series? SPD is my favorite series. <laughs> Disgusting. I always knew Brandon was out. <laughs> had to be. <laughs> that was when the police still had, you know, some good. <laughs> wow. Still some good in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> that Larry King stuff. That's the, that Larry King stuff was long behind us. <laughs> it ain't nothing. If it ain't the original, if it ain't the original Mighty Morphin, I don't want. Actually, Mighty Morphin, I was just about to say Wild Force. There you go. Mighty Morphin, Wild Force, and Mystic Force are top three. Top three. I mess with them heavily. (laughs) What about you, Josiah? We played back to two seconds. Wild Force was the GOAT. I mess with them heavily. Mm. Got him. (laughs) (laughs) Wild Force? Yes, Wild Force. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> I, I literally that. said it two seconds before you said that. Oh, well, my bad. I was still listening. That's my fault. <gasps> How dare you? Yeah. Listening skills so shit. Use them. Like <laughs> SPD was clearly hard because y'all didn't even know we had an Orange Ranger, so y'all need to rewatch SPD for they y'all didn't even know They had an Orange Ranger. SPD was trash. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. First off, they were a police force. Right. <laughs> okay. Second off, we already know any police force is not being led by a black man. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what, wasn't there a version of like Zordon or the person they got their source of information from? Wasn't he a dog or something? Yeah, well, it, was, it was like a robot dog. A robot dog? That's your villain? <laughs> this is the threat to the world? Okay. That's not the villain. That was like they 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 coordinates. Yeah, they coordinate whatever. That's even <laughs> <still>. worse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Should have been the villain. At least my they had substance. The Mighty Morphin. We had Zordon, who was clearly was a extraterrestrial being. You had uh, Alpha, who was his servant. And that's all you needed. You had uh, what was the name of the villains in Mighty Morphin? Oh, uh, Rita, Lord Zed, uh, that monkey dude. 
content. <laughs> monkey, monkey, dude. But I can't have a robot dog. All right, bet. Yeah, bet. Y'all had boots. Y'all had boots signed along with y'all. <laughs> but I can't have. I can't have Goddard. Bet. <laughs> exactly I see where we lie. Exactly. This is the Roll One podcast. <laughs> hey, y'all tried it. Y'all tried it. Well, since you clearly want to send this off today, go ahead and do it then, bro. Hey, you know what I'm saying? It's your boy, B Rob. You know, your boy's on Twitter. You don't even have to look up my user. Just look up B to the dot, 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 and you're going to find me. You know what I'm saying? Because I haven't done a streamer's plug yet. It's your boy, Brando. We got your boy, Duke. We got your boy, Josiah. Rogue Ones. Check us out on IG. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on Apple. Check us out on Podbean. Check us out on Podomatic. Your boy's out here getting money. Yeah!